Good afternoon and welcome to Monday's Richie Allen Show. Don't get too excited now, it's not going to be great. <laughs> Nobody has ever opened a programme quite like that before. I'll tell you why in a minute. There's a reason why you might not think it's going to be great today. I'll tell you why in a minute, so I will. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now... Here's your host, Richie Allen. If you'd like to reach out to me during the program, you may leave a message via the website richieallen.co.uk. Alternately, use the app. There is an app for the program. Download it and instantly message the studio. The Richie Allen Show has an app. Or you can uh, send me a message via WhatsApp. The number can be found on Twitter and on Facebook, the accounts for The Richie Allen Show. I'm Richie Allen. It is Monday, the 7th of August, 2023. And you're very good. What did you mean, Baldy, when you said it's not going to be great? I walked in the door of the building, otherwise known as my home, where the studio is contained, at 16.35. Yes, 25 minutes ago. I have been out of the house since the crack of dawn, yes. I've had a mental day. No time to prepare a single thing, not a sausage, for the Richie Allen Show. Nothing. Not an audio clip, not a newspaper story read. Nada. I've had a mental day. I was at the dentist for a couple of hours. Then I've had to have some physio done because I've, I've got an injury. That took a while. I had some solicitors, phone, phone calls, conference calls uh, to, uh, to make. I did that from town. I got in the door 25 to, basically 25 to 5. So I've got nothing prepared, dear listener. Isn't it wonderful? I actually have nothing. I'm sitting here in front of four huge screens. And ordinarily I would have lots of little prompts and I would have lots of what we call editorial to bring to you. But today, nada niente squat. Nothing, goddammit, except my gorgeous... Well, that's a lie too, isn't it? Except my personality. But in what I did was I got home and I've had nothing to eat today. Uh, serious teeth issues, right? So nothing to eat. Got in at 25 to 4. The first thing I did was open the freezer. And there staring at me with his gorgeous head of hair on him, God bless him, was Captain Birdseye. So I've air fried a few fish fingers. Wolfed them down. And uh, I've come to speak to you because I was starving. So look, it's not the regular show I'll... I'd probably hang on for an hour, maybe a bit longer. You'll understand it because it's just the way it is. It was one of those days. It was a manic Monday, Susanna Hoff might say. But the rest of the week is packed full of brilliant guests and extraordinary stories. So today I'm just going to have a little amble. I'm going to amble around the news websites and have a chat with you. But you can join in and you can opine via the website, as I said, or via the app. Do download the app, and please, if you do, I would uh, very much appreciate it if you left a review for the app. Yes, and I'm also a bit Shetland Pony today. I'm a bit Shetland Pony, that's right. I'm a little horse. Yes, I am. And that's because, well, it, I, this happens when I get closer to my summer sabbatical. A little bit horse, you know, a little bit 
overused uh, is the voice. But again, you'll forgive that or, well, you can get stuffed, as it were. As the time is nearly four minutes past the hour of five o'clock. Hope you had a good weekend. I opened my emails to this from Elsa Marie. I tell you what, dear listener, you, I tell you what, dear listener, nobody has listeners like I have you. Clever people. Here's a poem for you, Richie, from Elsa Marie. Listen, I'm going to do this no justice because I've never read a poem dramatically in my life, but I'll give it a go because it's wonderful. Thank you, Elsa Marie. She's very good. Are you listening? Are you listening? Oh, rue the day. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. The poem is entitled, the poem is entitled, What No Cricket by Elsa Marie Kitching. Beautiful name. Elsa Marie Kitching. Sounds like a poet, doesn't she? That's the name of a poet, so we're accepting it. Here she is. What? W-O-T. No cricket. I'm going to do my best. Then I'm taking a tune so I can have some water. When we come back, we'll get into one or two stories that I found interesting on my travels today. Are you ready? What? No cricket by Elsa Marie Kitching. Oh, rue the day when rain stops play and the popping creases are sodden. When players in white berate the sight, then leave the pitch down trodden. Gone are the days of Dickie Bird, of Sobers, Titmus and others, but the game is strong, goes on and on, as the chagrin of daughters and mothers. From The Quiet Listener, writer of comic and curious verse, the wonderful Elsa Marie Kitching, who knows that I'm a fan of cricket. Here's some music back with news, I swear to God. We're going to start that again. Back with some news, your comments and much more on Monday's Richie Allen Show. That's more like it. Yeah, frantic day, but I'm glad I'm here. Glad we're chatting with one another again. This is Young Gun Silver Fox. I love this tune. I discovered it recently. And it's called You Can Feel It. Welcome to the programme then. You can feel it. That is Young Gun Silver Fox. I love them. Duo. American guy, English dude. They've been releasing albums since 2013 and I love them. So I do. Coming up for nine minutes past the hour, let's talk about a few things. Thanks, uh, Thank you, Alexandra, who's uh, back, she says, from a six-day trip to Scotland. Sounds lovely. And is looking forward to listening to the live show again. Thank you, Alexandra. Rich has been in touch to say... Ah, Rich, come on. That's an old one, that. Good evening to Patricia. Thank you very much. Thank you for your kind words. Hi to Paulie. And Mark says, Richie, shame you were out today. Sky Sports used the entire 30-minute build-up to the women's 100 cricket match talking about climate change and how cricket is trying to become more sustainable. It was nauseating, says Mark. Yeah. I'll tell you what I find nauseating. And I, I do take a real risk here because recently joined female listeners who might not know me very well, as they might not know me as well as you know me, they might think I'm a misogynist, but I'm not. I find it hilarious watching the BBC and Sky News particularly, trying to give the impression that there is massive interest in the Women's World Cup football currently taking place down under in Australia and New Zealand. There is not massive, nor is there widespread interest in it. There isn't. And that's not misogyny speaking, it's not sexism speaking, it's just a fact. 
but they report on it as if it is as popular as Premier League football. It's quite a thing to behold. It really is. But um, when is the media not trying to convince you that green is in fact red and blue is in fact purple? Ian says, Richie, I need a good solicitor, he says, to help rescue a property from squatters. Who could you recommend? Well, I wouldn't want to recommend a solicitor, to be honest, Ian. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, I suppose the best thing you can do is go on to go online, look for solicitors in your area and just read the reviews, even though I'm oft reminded that Google reviews, for example, are easily fixed by companies who want to make it look like they are much loved when in fact maybe they're not as well loved as they claim. But um, thank you, Ian. No, I shouldn't recommend a solicitor. I'm not going to do that. Not on air anyway. Uh, Don says, the, na- the, the nanotechnology has been found in the unvaccinated, he says. Has it? Um, but you've not sent me a link. I don't dismiss these things entirely. Uh, but I need to see a link. Uh, hi, David. Thank you. Again, for your kind words. I really appreciate it. Hi to Diane Hughes. Hi. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi to Tim. And hi to Melanie. Uh, you've been sending messages via Richie Allen. .co.uk Yeah, I've had a mad day, just in case, I won't mention it again, in case you're tuning in. I arrived back here, having left here, very early, 25 minutes ago, with no time to do anything, really. So there you go. In fact, I didn't think I'd make it on air, so I cancelled the guests. I know. You have to give people some notice, don't you? But uh, we've got some wonderful shows coming up tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. Now, according to the BBC... It's entertainment reporter Stephen McIntosh. Ofcom, which regulates broadcast media here in the UK, is really, if you believe the BBC, is really going after GB News. Why? Well, it's that old chestnut again about politicians hosting their own news shows. Yes, yes, that's when I've, I've wrung that out a few times, haven't I? I've rinsed and repeated that a few times over the years because it's something I feel very strongly about. I'm very proud of being a journalist. I'm very proud of it. I shouldn't be. Pride comes before a fall. It's silly to be proud of anything. But I I think the job comes with with an ethical responsibility. You know, to be completely honest and fair and transparent with your listeners. To keep nothing from them. No money that might be coming in. No influence that might be coming from somewhere else. Your listeners should believe that when you say something, it's because you, you're saying it because it's what you think and not because somebody has lent on you or enriched you somehow in return for you saying whatever it is you're saying. And you get that with this programme, whether you think it's a good programme or not, that's what you get. So this is a chestnut of mine. When I started off in radio, it was very important for me for Billy McCarthy, my presenter, and others at the station, that people trusted us, that when we put something on the air, it is what we believe to be true when we went to air that particular day. And journalism is important, was important, should be important. And the spectre, the reality, of people like Jacob Priest-Mogg, People like David Lammy, Labour, Mogg is obviously a Tory, Esther McVeigh, Tory, and others, going on news channels and telling you the way things are without any challenge to what it is they are saying, 
without any proper scrutiny, that is an abomination to me. It really is. That being said, I don't have any... I have no... Trust is probably a... Probably the wrong phrase here. I have no confidence might be a better term. That Ofcom is genuine anyway. The regulator isn't there to scrutinise the broadcasters. If it was there to scrutinise the broadcasters, Ofcom would have ran roughshod over all of them during COVID when they were deliberately keeping the men and women of academia off the air. Those men and women who said lockdowns were crazy, dangerous, counterproductive. They would also, Ofcom, have gone after these broadcasters to ask them why were they, not, were they denying airtime to Bacti, to Dolores Cahill and all the others who said, hey, these jabs will do no good and will do harm. So Ofcom, I have no confidence in it anyway. But I'm interested that it is going after GB News for putting politicians into news programmes as hosts. So according to Stephen McIntosh of the BBC, if I sound a bit breathless, I've been running around like a madman. Um, According to Stephen McIntosh, the UK media watchdog has a rule that prevents politicians from acting as newsreaders, interviewers or reporters in news programmes unless, exceptionally, it is editorially justified. However, writes McIntosh, some news networks have argued their programmes, hosted by politicians, do not break the rules because they should be classed as current affairs rather than news. Isn't that wonderful? In June, Ofcom commissioned research into public attitudes towards such programmes to decide whether the rules should change. (coughs) Excuse me. Now, today, Ofcom said it was looking into three editions of GB News programmes in relation to the restrictions on politicians acting as news presenters. This includes the June 13th episode of Sir Jacob's show. Has he been knighted, Jacob Rees-Mogg? Mother of God. Uh, Entitled State of the Nation, which covered a stabbing in Nottingham. The Beeb doesn't tell us why. Jacob Rees-Mogg's show about a stabbing has fallen foul of... But this is ridiculous. Ofcom is picking out one or two shows and saying, we found something in this show that we don't like. But they shouldn't like the fact that Jacob Rees-Mogg is presenting a news programme in any case. He's an MP. Anyway, it goes on to say the regulator is also investigating the May 12th episode of Friday Morning with Esther and Phil, which featured issues including a teenager who was being sentenced for terrorism offences. What do you think is going to happen? Richard Tice is under scrutiny as well. What what, what will be the outcome here? I have a feeling that the broadcast regulator will probably eventually withdraw and say, OK, OK, so long as GB News, Talk TV and LBC, which, 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 which hosts David Lammy, as long as they make it clear that this is not a news programme, that this is effectively a commentary programme, we're okay with it. Just make it clear at the beginning of the programme, make it clear on the screen during the programme, flash up a bar, flash up a graphic that says this isn't news, this is commentary. We've talked about this for years, you and I, how news eventually moved from news towards commentary. God be with the days of Don Coburn, you're too young to remember him, reading the news on RTE, right? And all the other news readers, Eileen Dunn, 
Was it Eileen Aran done? Eileen done. All of these people. So we, we got a presenter with some sheets of paper. There was no autocue then. They read something. Somberly. They give you a news fact. They told you something had happened in Lebanon. They told you that a man appeared before the four courts charged with something in Dublin. That's all they told you. And then the weather. And then that was the end of it. All of this, of course, followed on from the Angelus at six o'clock, right? And that was that. That's what we saw as news. Seemingly, seemingly, although we know better now, seemingly at that time, no attempt whatsoever by the broadcaster of the news to influence you in any way to influence how you felt about it. But that's bullshit, of course. I realised I was wrong. Of course they were. And, and how did they do that? Well, very cleverly. You have to start thinking about when Don Coburn was presenting the news for RTE, you've got to start thinking about what didn't they cover that day? It's a beautiful question. When I was producing talk radio, in, in Irish radio, it used to keep me up nights. Why do we choose the six items we choose for today's programme and omit everything else? That's a very powerful thing, isn't it? You have that power. You're the guy who decides what people get to hear, what they don't get to hear. And that's how they do it, you see. That's how they influence you. So Don Coburn and your one done on the news, of course, in the UK. You had um, Trevor MacDonald, of course, and other news readers whose names I've forgotten. Angela Rippon even, right? Right? And they did the same thing. They read facts and said nothing, kept a straight face. And you think, right, they weren't trying to influence you, but they were. They were by nature of the fact of what they were covering and also what they were not covering. And then what we're moving into, and America has been there for years, we're here now, is moving away from news into commentary. Where every news programme on 24-hour news channels is presented by a gobby big mouth. Um, regardless of which political side they're on, left or right. Somebody who's gobby who likes to tell you the way it is, right? Very rarely challenged in any way, shape or form. And this was very clever, of course, you know. And, and the reason commentary is replacing news, I believe, anyway, this is all just opinion. And you know me, I am prone to prattle on and lose the run of myself. You know why this is? Because the thing the establishment fears more than anything else is apathy. We were told when we were growing up that the establishment liked apathy, that by not voting, you were giving your vote to the incumbent. We were told that lie, that massive lie, as if it mattered who the incumbent was, as if it mattered whether the current government was on the left or on the right, it was all bollocks anyway, right? But they told us that if you don't vote, you don't have a say and you give your vote to the incumbent. That was bullshit. They feared and fear apathy. Because they believe, I don't know if it's true or not, but they believe that apathy is bad for them. That apathy might tend towards, or might eventually turn towards, curiosity. But curiosity as to not who is standing for election in the 4th district in Lower Manhattan, but curiosity as to what's really going on and who's really pulling the strings. So they feared apathy. They were terrified of it. And this is when they started giving you commentary instead of news. Loud, sometimes entertaining, blabbermouths, blowhards as they called them in America. Why did they do that? Well, they did it on the left and they did it on the right. Most famously in the United States in the 
1990s with, with Bill O'Reilly on Fox and Keith Olbermann on CNBC or CNN, I can't remember. Olbermann was the left-wing guy who hated James, uh, sorry, Bill O'Reilly. James O'Brien, I'll come to him in a minute. And Bill O'Reilly was the right-wing conservative guy who hated Keith Olbermann. Now, why did they do that? Because they wanted everybody to have a home. Whatever your opinion was, and by you, I mean Joe Bloggs, like me, I'm Joe Bloggs, right? You get up, you go to work, you come home, you crack open a beer, you make love to the wife if you're lucky, you play with the kids or you switch those around, you make love to the wife a bit later on, and then you go to bed and you do it all again. But in between some time or another, you switch on your media personality who rants at you, but is telling you that which you believe. Very important. In the States, it was O'Reilly. On the right, it was Oberman. On the left, today in the UK, if you're somebody who thinks you've got, the, the, the country's got a problem with immigrants, you go to GB News or Talk TV. If you're somebody who thinks that asking questions about immigrants is racist and you're a holier-than-thou lefty, you go to LBC and James O'Brien. This is what the establishment did and it's what it does. So what's happening now? They're putting politicians on the air. Politicians are replacing presenters who were not doing their jobs anyway. And I know I've... Listen, you'll, you'll accept it today because I'm very unprepared today. I know that chestnut is one I've thrown at you, that conquer, many a time, but it's very important to keep it in mind. And it's the same in the independent media. Keep you interested. Keep you interested. Apathy is to be feared. At least that's what they think. They with the capital T-H-E-Y. They fear it. Apathy. Because it's a way of turning your back on them. Ignoring them. And they're bullshit. And that might lead to something else. That might lead to you thinking, well, we don't need these people. And that's why they do what they do. Ofcom, will they really go after GB News? Will they decree? Will there be a decree by Ofcom saying that no sitting MP or nobody who has a seat on a local authority should be presenting news programmes with authority? Shouldn't be looking down a camera telling you this is the way it is and they're covered by, promoted by, the big banner of the news station. Will Ofcom say this can no longer happen? It might do, but my guess is it won't do, because commentary is what they love, because commentary means everybody's got a home. It doesn't matter what your politics are, we've got a home for you. What do you think about the issues? You think this, do you? I've got a presenter for you who'll tell you that you're right, everything you say is right, and that everybody else is wrong. That's how it works, dear listener. 25 minutes past the hour. My name is Richie Allen, by the way. I've never been so unprepared. No compliment fishing going on. It really is that crap today. But look, I've got more to talk about after this from Huey Lewis on the news. We've had some fun. Huey Lewis and the news stuck with you on the Richie Allen Show, Monday's programme, 29 minutes past five. I'm Richie Allen. Oh yeah, enjoyed the physio today, met a lovely Polish lady, dug into me hamstrings, dug into me calves, and to my right shoulder, which is very problematic. But it was good. Alice is very smarmy and smug. I like people like Alice, they know everything, you know. Problem with fish fingers is they are not food, says Alice. 
very little fish, mostly fish guts or farmed fish, that's bollocks. Uh, supermarkets do not sell food, only factory food. And then seek out your local farmer's market for real food. You smug much, Alice. Listen to the captain tell you the way it is. My original fish fingers are simply irresistible. Irresistible. 100% cod fillet, so fine, golden crisp every time. 100% cod fillet. Absolutely no one else comes close to them. You can't get your fingers on finer fillets. Only the best. All right, Alice. Listen to the captain next time you got comments about the fish fingers, anyway. Thought I'd, you know, in the interest of balance, I said I'd read out uh, Alice's comments there. Hi to Mike, who says, uh, how many fish fingers can you eat? Um, eight. Eight. I'm like Raymond from Rain Man. The autistic savant, previously known as idiot savants, I can eat eight fish sticks. Remember that scene when he is presented four fish sticks by Tom Cruise, by Charlie Babbitt, and he says, I normally have eight. He says, uh-oh, normally have eight, and he gets a protractor, and he cuts them in half. About eight, but I don't have anything else. I've had nothing else today except for eight fish fingers. That's what I've eaten. Hi to Darren, who says, Richie, what a surprise. The legacy media is planting the seed of the news. Aha, Darren, if you don't mind, I'm not going to finish your comment because I'm going to read the story in a moment. Thank you, Darren. I've got the story here in front of me. Hi to Gail, who had her bloods taken by Eddie Izzard. Really? The nurse was the spitting image of him. I swear down, says Gail. I nearly exploded trying not to laugh. I'm awful, I know, says Gail. No, Eddie Izzard is awful, Gail. I have confessed on this programme, confessed, that when I was a young boy, I watched Miss Ms. Diana Rigg in The Avengers and fell in love with knee-high stiletto boots. It is my fetish. I, I make no apology for it. I love, or used to love, knee-high stiletto boots. I even asked the missus when we go out every now and then to watch a concert, ah, go on, put on a pair of knee-high stiletto boots for me. And, and, but it's all gone now. It's gone. I'm impotent because I've seen that scumbag Eddie Izzard in a pair of knee-high stiletto boots It made me want to vomit. In fact, I did vomit. In fact, I vomited so hard... It's tea time. I just realised that I better shut up. At least it's tea time here in the UK. Yes. So, warning. This is a public service announcement. If, like me, well, I used to have, you have a fetish for gorgeous knee-high stiletto boots Italian leather, do not look at photographs of Eddie Izzard because it will destroy that fantasy. What a scumbag he is. Hi to Billy, who says there are loads of sitting politicians on GB News, including the early morning presenter with glasses, grey hair with Bev. I was gobsmacked when I saw him asking a question in the House of Parliament at PMQs as an MP, because I had no idea, says Billy. It's farcical, Billy. I used to say it was vaudeville. But Jean Ann said, if you say that word again, I'll fly over from Connemara and beat the bejesus out of you. So I can't say vaudeville anymore. Hi to Tim. Hi to Graham, who says, we don't mind, Richie. Thank you. Yeah, well, look, you should be happy I'm here, for a start, right? I turned up, didn't I? Uh, Dean says, Richie, have you seen how, the B how people are abandoning, uh, abandoning the BBC and not paying their licence? It shows how more and more people no longer trust them. Thank you, Dean. And you've shared a link for, for, from a Daily Mail article which claims that 2.8 million, is it, um, have claimed they don't need to pay the BBC licence, or is it 8 million? 
probably 2.8 million. A height to Grace Anne, who loves a good fish finger with tomato sauce to dip. Yes, I'm posher as the new Grace Anne. I'm much posher than you. I use the, um, what do I use? What's it called? What's the stuff? What's the stuff you use with fish, the sauce? Coleman's. Tartar sauce, that's right, it just came to me. And Ron says, should I only listen to the Colonel when I go in KFC? It would be hard as he kicked the bucket a long time ago. Thank you for that, Ron. And thanks to all of you for your messages. Thanks, Angela Lambert. Thank you, Angela. Glad you're listening. To Melanie. Uh, to Elizabeth, who's posting links about the ethereal, the ether, we talked about last Thursday. And Brian has been on to say, we won, we won, he says. The three-dart finish vaccine battle is over in the UK. No, it isn't, Brian. Don't be silly. He says, I never took one. Probably you didn't. No, I didn't. And well done, Brian, for not taking one. He says, they lied to us about the numbers. Yes, they did. He says, um, it's a cock-up from the globalists. They've lost public interest in votes, says Brian. I don't agree, Brian. And then he says, CBDCs are also not coming to the UK. No one is interested in them, Brian. I beg to differ. Central bank digital currencies are coming to the UK, Brian, at the speed of light. You know, and it's it's an agenda which has been driven by people. You know, I stopped off just before getting back in the door. I stopped off at a corner shop as I was racing back to try and get on air. And there was a young girl in front of me, paying with the phone. You know, they're not using debit cards anymore. They're tapping the phone to the thing. So listen, I, I'd love you to be right, Brian, is that the people of the UK will reject the CBDCs, but I just don't believe it's true, to be honest. But um, what do I know? You might be saying out loud right now. Monday's Richie Allen Show, The Time, coming up for 25 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. The broadcast media is currently awash with images and with video of asylum seekers getting on that barge which is called the Bibby Stockholm. You're reading this, you're following this. Rishi Sunak will be delighted, as will your woman, his um, home secretary, Suella Braverman. They said that they would send migrants, or excuse me, they would send illegal migrants off out to Rwanda on the plane, but they've not done that yet. Now they're saying, well, we're not going to keep putting them in expensive hotels. We'll put them on barges just off of Portland, Dorset. So a lot of uh, protests going on down there from, from human rights groups and do-gooders. Do-gooders. You never see them around Salford. You never see them around Ordzel. Ordzel, as they say around these parts. These do-gooders who are standing outside the barge saying, don't put the poor migrants on the barge. It's terrible. It's terrible. Inhumane conditions. You never see them looking at the living conditions around Ordzel. The living conditions around Weast. You never see them. Some of the accommodations people are renting from housing associations, which were sold massive housing stock by council, something which should have been illegal. You never see them protesting that. White people don't matter. Indigenous people and their conditions and the problems they have to face every effing day don't matter. But some young men from Albania come into the country and they stick them on a barge off the coast of Dorset and all of a sudden you've got all these middle-aged fuckers all these women and men, fucking scruffies, standing outside, waving flags and protesting. They never give a shit about their own people, do they? Why? 
Can somebody explain to me why they don't care about the people living around the corner? It's always the poor migrants. God love them. And they're fleeing from, 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 from war. Yeah, they might be in some cases. But the fucking weapons that ruined their houses and neighbourhoods were given to them by your own government dickhead. So what are you doing standing outside the, the, the barge? Why aren't you outside Downing Street calling for the head of Rishi Sunak? You cretin. That's what I'd like to say, but I'm a professional broadcaster, so I tend not to do that. Yeah, they're down there, the do-gooders and all the rest of it. Anyway, I know. I know, I know I'm over the top. I go on a bit. I know that. Simon says, no pun intended, all, all I see, he says, is people paying with their phone, oblivious to the problem of doing that very thing. Well done, Simon. Very good. Keeley says, Brian needs to realise the banksters will collapse the economy, taking people's life savings with it, and then coerce the public to accept the CBDC in exchange for having their savings returned. Tell you what, Keeley, that's not a bad shout. And thanks to Davey, who, <laughs> who says, Richie, I don't know if you can get this product on the mainland. Donegal catch. It's smashing fish, he says. It blows Captain Birdseye out of the water, says Davy. Donegal catch. I'll have a look next time I'm out shopping. And Mike says, the footage being used by the media of Bibby Stockholm, the barge, it's like the beginning of a disaster movie, says Mike. It's ridiculous, says Mike. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. And speaking of Eddie Izzard, who ruined my love of boots? That bastard! Um, a new poll has found that more than a third of UK... I mean, I can't even read this out. I mean, this is mental. You know, not supposed to use terminology like mental anymore. It will hurt people who are currently experiencing mental health issues. It's mental. Listen to this. A new poll has found that more than one third of UK residents, wait for it, do not know that trans women are in fact men. How can a third of people not know that trans women are not really women, that they're actually men? Just look at them. Look at the fucking state of some of them. Look at Eddie Izzard. Look at Eddie, look at Eddie Izzard. If somebody said, Richie, if you shag Eddie Izzard, we'll restore this world to peace and harmony and no great reset. If you can have sex with Eddie Izzard, I'd say no fucking chance. You can all burn in the great reset. I'm not going anywhere near Eddie Izzard. Now, Eddie Izzard might say, I wouldn't go anywhere near near him. I wouldn't go anywhere near him either. Eddie Izzard might say. And yeah, I've looked in the mirror. I know I'm not great, like. I'm all right. (laughs) I'm possible. <laughs> I'm actually much better in the flesh than I am on film or in picture. I look at my own pictures and I think, your, your cat, that's a great Irish phrase, cat. It's also a great Waterford phrase. To call something cat is to say it's terrible. It's just really, really bad. So I look in the mirror and I, I see, I, I say to myself, Jesus, your cat boy, your cat boy who should be a superhero in a Marvel comic. Cat boy, right? I say, you're cat. But in the flesh, I've been told many a time um, that I'm much better looking than I come across in my photographs. Eddie Izzard, yeah. One third of people don't know (laughs) the trans women, I mean, the fucking clue is in the name, are men. 
And this is a survey carried out by Murray Blackburn Mackenzie, who are based in Edinburgh. Murray Blackburn Mackenzie. And they found 35% wrongly believed that a transgender woman was someone born female or they were unsure. Now, the confusion was even greater. I'm reading from the Telegraph. I stole the story uh, today. Now, so 35% wrongly believed that a transgender woman was someone born female or they were unsure. The confusion was even greater for the shortened term transwoman, with 40% either being unsure or believing it meant someone who was registered female at birth. God, we're surrounded by dickheads really, aren't we? We're surrounded by cretinous people. But, but then maybe it's the media's fault. Well, this company, MBM, is blaming the media and says, um, they quote somebody from the company. What's her name now? Hang on now and I'll tell you there now. Her name is Lisa McKenzie. Yeah, she's one of the founders. Do you get it? Murray Blackburn McKenzie. Lisa McKenzie said, using terms like trans woman without spelling out what they mean for a person's sex, as a matter of course, will leave a large minority of people at best uncertain, says Lisa McKenzie. At worst, they will have a back-to-front understanding of what they are being told or asked. That's pretty scary, isn't it? 35% think the trans woman is in fact Eddie Izzard. Or that Eddie Izzard is a woman. Look at the state of Eddie I'm stopping, Richie, it's unfair. It's unfair to pick on Eddie. I mean, he's a good actor, isn't he? No, he's not. He's shit. He's absolutely garbage. He's funny, though, isn't he? When he no, he's not funny either. He's really not funny. He's trying to um, get a seat in the House of Commons for Labour, isn't he? Eddie Izzard, yeah. He goes by the name of Susie these days. We'd have had a lot of fun with that back in the day in Ireland. He would have been Susie de Floozy. That's what he would have been called in the street. Susie de Floozy. Eddie Izzard. Anyway, speaking of cashless, I popped this on the website today. A council, Dan Staff, Sutton Council in London, um, has caused a bit of outrage. They are charging people who pay for cash to park more than people who use contactless or use one of these smartphone apps, the cheeky bastards, right? It's run by the Lib Dem Sutton Council. They have been called discriminatory by the RAC. Uh, Sutton Council increased its car park prices in June for people who use cash to pay, but froze the prices for those who use the app or the automated telephone service. What a shower of bastards. Yeah, it's everywhere now, Sutton Council. I heard that this morning. story was covered on Sky News. Uh, by the way, we'll talk in a moment about vaccines. We'll have a chat about vaccines. I'll probably stick around till half six. Let me hear the cheer. Well done. I'll do my best. I've got nothing here. Nada. I'm normally protected by having a dozen or so clips of audio I can mess around with and what have you. I've got squat because I've had a mad day today. And I'm feeling my calves now as I'm sitting in the chair. They're very sore. They're very bruised. Jesus, she was mad, that woman who, who did the physio. She told me that she goes wall climbing at the Trafford Centre and in Liverpool. She told me that when I was strapped face down onto the bloody massage table. It's a bit late to be telling me that now. Imagine that, somebody who can hang off of a wall 
off of a little, like a little hole, a little plastic mold by her fingers. And she was digging her fingers into my calves and into my hamstrings and into my glutes. Yes, grabbing me by the arse. I'm in agony, to be honest. She said I'll be sore tomorrow, but on Wednesday, I should feel like uh, a million bucks. By that stage, she'll have gotten on a plane back to Poland and it'll be too late for me to do anything about it anyway. Yes, she was Polish. Lovely lady. Very lovely lady. Very chatty, very pleasant. Speaking of trans people and never missing an opportunity to take the piss, um, a woman who used to be a lawyer is suing a hospital because she believes... The hospital cancelled her surgery when she took exception to um, one of the nurses being a trans nurse. A bloke, basically. Theresa Steele was told over email that her operation at the Princess Grace Hospital, a very posh hospital, dear listener, in central London, which specialises in women's health, right? It's there for women. The Princess Grace Hospital, presumably named after the beautiful Princess Grace of Monaco. Um, They said that um, her operation had been scrapped as a result of her request that only, wait for it, only biological women be involved in her intimate care at a hospital that specialises in women. Oh, Jesus. There's Grace now, a woman, a real woman, and there's Grace thinking, I need to have an operation. I like to deal with women. Grace, uh, sorry, Teresa, Teresa. Teresa might have a very good reason for wanting to work or to be treated by women exclusively. She might have a very good reason, Teresa. I'm not going to speculate, but there are reasons why women don't want men around them. And usually they are legitimate. So she goes to an all-women's hospital. A hospital that specialises in healthcare for women. And a great big fucking tranny turns up wearing a nurse's costume. And Teresa says, uh, no. No. Um, I thought it was women only here. And she's seen these emails, and so has the Telegraph. Basically, behind her back, they said ah, that she was a discriminatory old bitch, basically. And she shouldn't be having her operation here. At a hospital that prides itself, markets itself as doing operations and doing procedures for women. Fantastic, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, we are living in... I mean, it it is a lunatic asylum now. Yes, the patients are running the facility. Absolutely. Just think about it for a minute. Don't like men for whatever reason. And there's good reasons. I'm not saying Teresa doesn't like men, but she doesn't want men to be around her when she's in a vulnerable state as you are in hospital. I'll go to a hospital that looks after women. Up turns a nurse with seven o'clock fucking shadow. And a costume that was obviously bought off of Amazon.co.uk. I'm a nurse. You're not. You're a bloke. So the hospital says, well, you're not having the operation, love. So um, she's quite naturally and understandably suing the hospital. Well done, Teresa. We'll keep an eye on that case. We might even try and get her on the programme. Although if she hears any of this monologue, there's no chance she'll come on the programme or anybody else. (laughs) Hi to Christine. I was in my local Tesco petrol station. The chap behind the counter was chatting while waiting on pound coins being fetched from the office. He said they have seen a big proportion of people paying with cash. Wow, that's good. The man behind the counter says we're seeing more people paying with cash. And he says it's probably easier 
to know what you're spending. That's right, Christine. Maybe people are carrying cash because the bullshit cost of living crisis, which was manufactured by the architects of the Great Reset Agenda, right, um, is, is screwing people to the wall and people can't afford anything. I got an Uber to my physio appointment today. My driver was a beautiful man from Bolton called Javed. He was wearing this beautiful costume you see some Muslim men wearing. God, he was lovely. Telling me about his daughter, how she's crazy about the football and Man United and how she's playing. And he was asking me about what am I doing off on a Monday? Where are you off on a Monday? I said, I'm not off. And we're, we were chatting away, you know. And uh, we got talking about it and he said... Uh, not looking for sympathy at all. I asked him about things being tough. I said, we're all working harder now, aren't we? And the guy said to me, I'm doing 15, 16 hour days, seven days a week in the Uber. He did not say that with a trace of, please feel sorry for me. He said it with an air of resignation. Proper man. I never felt so proud of a man. I got out of the car and I thought, fair fucking play to you. What else can you do? Get out there. You've got a wife and you've got a couple of kids at home in Bolton. A lot of the Uber drivers around Salford, they, they're based in Bolton. That's where they live. This lovely fella, Javed. And he said, uh, it's, it's terrible, he said, Richie. Terrible. He said, uh, money just doesn't go as far as it used to go. And maybe Christine is bang on the money here, no pun intended. People are thinking, you know what? I'm going to get some money out of the machine. That way I know what I'm spending. Now that takes us back to our childhood. And your mother or your grandmother with a big purse with notes in it and coins, managing the whole house, knowing what was going on, what's coming in, what's coming out of the purse. Yeah, people are screwed at the moment. I don't want to depress you because you're probably screwed as well. We're all screwed. Yep, <clears throat> and they didn't even buy us flowers. Paula says, Richie, people won't ordinarily, sorry, people won't accept the CBDCs ordinarily, but they'll make something happen so people won't have a choice. The World Economic Forum did tell us there would be a cyber attack, didn't they? Well said, Paula. Hi to Devi. Devi manages a shop. Thanks for coming on to the messages, Devi. I have noticed more people paying cash recently, says Devi. There is a pushback against digital payment. But unfortunately, I don't think it'll be enough. And that's from Devi. Thank you, Devi. Paula says, um, go on, Richie, be a sport. What's, what's that about? What did I say? Yeah. I can't remember what I've said since I began the programme. You might be forgiven for thinking that I've been down the booze, <coughs> excuse me, down the booze, or I haven't been down the booze. Um, I am a bit manic, because I've had a manic day, you see. I get discombobulated. When, when things go wrong, I'm very OCD, very OCD. My better half would tell you. I'm terribly OCD. So I was absolutely having kittens today in meetings and then having physio and the dentist. Terrible, terrible. Knowing that the show was not going to come together. So I'm all wound up now because of that, you see. I'm not really wound up, you know, but I'm, um, I'm, I, I am a bit frantic, I suppose. I, I, but it's not the first time I've been frantic during the monologue. Mark says, Richie, from the 1st till the 8th has been pay by cash only week. And that's exactly what I've done. Cash is king, says Mark Carroll. It must remain. So thanks, Mark. Um, whose initiative was that? Pay by cash only. Tell me. Was it Farage? Was it Farage? Dave says, I would need a splint in my, in my lad to shag Eddie Lizard as no way could I get wood to shag that woke wanker, says Dave. Thank you, Dave. I thought about not reading that out, but you know, there you go. 
excuse me. Kabbalah Chris has been on to say, what does BBG stand for? It stands for Big Baldy Gammon. Gail says, imagine Eddie Izzard in a nurse's uniform. That's what I'm recovering from today. He is grotesque, isn't he? Again, I'm picking on him now, there's no need for it. Darren says, I'm also noticing more mask wearers, possibly due to the media highlighting COVID infections might increase again in the autumn. Whoever thought this would disappear, but simply to ease off to release the pressure valve and get ramped up again. In my opinion, I just don't know, says Darren. Hi to Julia. Thank you for the recommendation, Julia. Thank you to Michelle, who says, Richie, have a nice soak in an Epsom salt bath after the show tonight. Michelle. I'm six foot six inches tall, love, and it's all in proportion. There isn't a bath in Salford that I can fit into. If I want to have a bath, I've got to rent a swimming pool and buy a, 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 a pallet full of redox. I'm too big for a bath. Funnily enough, my masseuse said the same thing. My masseuse said the very same thing. She said, if I were you now, because I've given you a bit of a pummeling, if I were you, she said, I would have a bath. And I looked at her as I got up off the table. I said, look at the size of me, love. What bath am I going to have? Anyway. Very good. Marvellous. Wonderful. Isabel has been on to say, Richie, the survey about trans is ridiculous and desperate. As it is obvious, it's a very bad reverse psychology technique. I tell you what, Isabel, it's not a bad shout either. Good job. Why to Philomena, who bribes her five-year-old grandson, Doogie, with a temp a piece of fish instead of fish fingers by telling him it's the shark's finger for superheroes, says Philomena. Philomena comes from a long line of pathological liars. <laughs> and I know she won't take offence. Why are our grandparents, the lies they tell you to get you to eat food, the stories they make up? Well done, Philomena. So she presents, she presents a tempura piece of fish no fish fingers. Tells the little boy, Doogie, lovely name by the way, it's a shark's finger for superheroes. Eat it up now. And he presumably eats it up, you know. Cookie says, while visiting the historical city of Poznan in Poland this weekend, I was asked at several restaurants to pay with the card as they didn't have enough change. Lucky for me, I make sure I've got plenty of change, says Cookie. And Andrew has been on, my pilot friend. It's good to have a pilot friend. You never know when you might need to be in the jump seat. He says, surely you're not CDO, Richie. It's like OCD, but in alphabetical order. You bastard. Thank you, Andrew. I wonder will our listeners get that. And by Cobasks, have we talked about the cost of coffee wokeism yet? We have, a little bit. Hi to Louise. Loves the app. Thank you, Louise. Hi to Isabel again. Uh, oh, yeah. The comment regarding Be a Sport was about possibly shagging Eddie to save the planet. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, no, definitely not. No. Oh, God, no. No. Do you remember some trans women were, about two to three years ago, calling guys homophobic and transphobic when guys were asked questions very, you know, innocently, guys were asked if they would date a trans woman. This is true. It was in The Guardian. So it must be true if it was in The Guardian. No, but The Guardian ran this story. And they said that guys who said that they wouldn't date a trans woman were transphobic. Obviously, the claim was the trans women are really women. And because they're really women, 
why would you have a problem dating them? Well, they have a cock. It's as simple as that. I couldn't believe this. And I went on Twitter. And there was a trans woman who, to be fair to him, didn't block me. And I said, do you really believe that? Because I wouldn't date a trans woman. I have some sort of prejudice or I hold deep within me some hatred for trans women. And this idiot said yes. I said no. I don't like penises, man. That's what it is. It's nothing against you. How could I possibly go on a date with you if I was single and get to the end of the night? And, and then what? You know, give over now about um, transphobic. But that's what they were trying to introduce. This concept that if you were, you know, reticent to, if you were on one of those apps where you flick across, you know, you look at the, the women on the apps. I've never done it myself. I never have. Of course I haven't. So you flick across. What's it called? Tinder. And you flick across. They were saying that if you were to be flicking and not even looking at trans women, there was something wrong with you. These people are crazy, aren't they? But it's a bloke in a wig and a dress. And makeup, it's not actually a woman, you loony. But then, you know, you can't say that either, can you? I'm going to take another tune. When I come back, we're going to talk about vaccines. Because there's a very interesting story about vaccines doing the rounds. Do you know they plan to be able to prepare and to roll out a vaccine within 100 days of it being announced that we are in the midst of a new pandemic? These psychopathic bastards, eh? Yes, that's what they're doing. A hundred days. If we find a pandemic, we'll have a jab in 100 days. Here's Robbie Williams. It's fast approaching six o'clock on the Richie Allen Show. Robbie Williams and Feel on the Richie Allen Show. Two and a half minutes past six. Monday's programme. It is August 7th, 2023. And I'm Richie Allen. It's lovely to be with you. Can I remind you of something, if you don't mind, please? I don't do it often enough. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support the Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk And there are P.O. Box details on Support Your Show. That's the tab, richieallen.co.uk. Please support your show. What have I got for you? A few more comments before I move on. I'd like to talk about the vaccines. Uh, just a moment. I won't spend too much time on it. Um, Angela asks, why do these trans women never have any taste in the way they dress? Could it be because they get a sexual kick out of wearing tarty clothes? Might be. Melanie says, standing outside the comedy club one night, a trans woman came over. Lifting his skirt, he remarked on how he had no dimples. I had to walk away, says Melanie. Melanie, if a bloke raised the skirt at you and revealed himself as you, you, you suggested he did, you should have had him arrested. I'd have had him arrested, to be honest. Then the police are useless, aren't they? Jenny says they had absolutely no right to cancel the operation of that woman. That is disgraceful. It is indeed, yes. Yes, I will go to a hospital that specialises in the care for female patients. Because I don't want to be surrounded by men. First person who rocks up is a tranny nurse. It's mental. It really is crazy. Baird says, my wife texted me from the hospital she was working in the other day. She was annoyed that one of the male healthcare assistants had just decided he wanted to be referred to as she and referred to by a girl's name. He has a beard and blue hair. She didn't know what to do because she doesn't want to be sacked. Jesus. 
Yeah, this is why I'm so glad I'm not working in a company or in a supermarket or in a hospital because I'm not having that. No. No, absolutely not. You've got a beard. Um, that's what I would probably not say. I just don't know. Beryl, thank you for your kind words. You're, you're very, very kind. And Scaramouche says people are already trapped in the system when they've got to use a bank card to get cash from the cash point. From September 9th, NatWest is restricting cash amounts withdrawn from cash points and other banks will follow. That's right, Scaramouche. That was reported widely in the media today. And this is in the wake of the Nigel Farage stuff, isn't it? NatWest is saying it's going to start restricting the amount of money people can take out from a cash machine or even from banks. How dare they? Belongs to us. Not much outrage expressed about that today. That's right. And the window cleaner says Eddie Izzard thinks he's a convincing woman, but in reality, he's morphing into Mickey Rourke. And Colin, my pal Colin from back home, he says, remember Mick Dundee when he grabbed a trans woman by the balls and said it's a guy dressed up as a Sheila? Remember that? Here's the scene. That was a guy dressed up like a Sheila. Look at that. Well, you all knew you That was a guy dressed up as a Sheila. That's right, that's what we used to say. But you can't say that anymore. It's not a guy dressed up as a Sheila. It's a woman now. And you'll you'll like it. Okay. I can't keep reading comments. They're pouring in. I've got to do another story about vaccines. And we'll get into that. And um, Paul from Northolt says, There are rumblings of an imminent banking collapse. Volatility in precious metals, etc. And some Q-types are pushing a new quantum financial system based on XRP crypto. I'm not convinced, he says, because they believe in something called Nasara Gesara, possibly a PSYOP. I've never heard of that. You'd be amazed at the things I've never heard of. They are numerous. Kev says, Richie, take a trip across the river in Torquay to Slapton. Thank you. I might just do that. I might just do that. Good evening to Gillian. Richie, did you mention ex-death secretary Handy Cox twit talk video dancing to some song from the Barbie film? Well, I didn't see it, but I did notice that Matt Hancock was trending, as the kids say, on Twitter today. Is this the reason he's trending? Because he's put a TikTok video online, has he? Dancing to a Barbie song. Oh, God. Bring back Mr. Drax. And that mad Chinese fella that, that, that he tried to get to kill Mr. Bond. Bring him back. He's an interesting fellow, isn't he, Mr. Hancock? See that some harm comes to him. Yeah, Hancock is vile, isn't he? I mean, he's vile. It's hard to look at him, isn't he? Bre- Brendan, thank you. Hi to Mark. Uh, Mark came back to say, pay cash only week was the idea of a, f- of, a, of a group on Facebook named or called Keep Cash UK. Thank you. Hi to Denise. The look I just got when sitting at the traffic lights with you blasting out through my car window saying, because I have a cock, says Denise. Thank you, Denise. I aim to please. Hi to John, who was in Thailand recently. Wait for it. Met a girl in a local bar, took her for a meal, went to the beach. I invited her back to my hotel room. Oh, I can't read that, John. It's funny, but I can't read it. I know, in light of what I've said, you think, well, why can't you read it? But I can't. That's a step two. That's a bridge too far. 
Yes. Streff says, thank you, Streff. Right, that's it. Let's talk about, um, wrote about this today. It's very important. It's a little bit important, I think. And it's to do with an announcement. You know, Porton Down, the research lab. Yeah, where they were making things like Novichok. Remember Novichok? If you can get people to believe the Novichok story, which they did in the UK, they'll believe anything. They'll even believe that the whole country needs to be locked down because of a mild respiratory infection. Businesses need to be ruined and bankrupted and children's education needs to be destroyed. Um, people did believe the Novichok story. It's so far down the track now, I'm struggling to remember the protagonists in the Novichok story. You know, the people involved in it. Can't remember. Skripal, no. No. Am I right? Julia Skripal. What's wrong with me? I can't remember. I've had a mad day. But yeah, if you believe that Russian agents tried to kill a dissident by smearing, by smearing an agent on a doorknob in the hope that the intended target would open the door to his apartment or his house and then get the Novichok on his hand and then he would die. Like, if you believe that shit, you know. But they did believe it. This is really serious, right? Now, I have to humble myself here because I did say to you that I I didn't believe, at least in the short term, and I think two to three years as being short term, I didn't imagine we would get another pandemic hoax. I didn't, I, I, I still don't think we will. But you feel free to come at me on the app, on the website and tell me I'm wrong because I'm often wrong. We all know this, right? I'm wrong often enough. I thought to myself, all the eggs are in the climate bollocks basket now the climate bollocks basket. And they're moving in that direction. And they might not try to rinse out the old pandemic again. But I might be wrong. Listen to this. Britain could roll out vaccines within 100 days of the discovery of a deadly virus under a new programme designed to stop future pandemics in their tracks. Yeah. 100 days is a little over three months, isn't it? A little over three months. So the times are all over this. Hundreds of scientists have begun working on the high security project developing prototype vaccines against diseases including bird flu and preparing for any unknown future threat described as disease X. So they've come up, dear listener, with a hypothetical disease of the future and they've given it the name disease X. And they've said, we need to get to work at the speed of light to make sure that when disease X arrives on our shores, we can inoculate the entire population after a hundred days. This, of course, completely ignores age-old scientific and medical wisdom that you never vaccinate during a pandemic. And I won't tell you why, because you know. We've heard it too many times from too many very clever doctors this is mad shit, right? They're doing this at Porton Down, the government's secretive site in Wiltshire. They want to position the UK as the global leader in vaccine development. A 100-day mission to deploy vaccines within three months of a virus being detected in humans. So you might say that my hypothesis that they won't um, go the pandemic route again, at least not soon or in the next few years, I might be as... I often am. I might be conversing through my sphincter. They might very well spring a bird flu variant. 
claim that it has 50% mortality and therefore you've got to have the jab. And, hypothetically, they might be even harder next time around. Like, they might really bring in the you can't go here, you can't go there, you cannot go anywhere unless you can prove you've had a jab. So worried are we by this bird flu strain. Yes, it's possible. This could also just be gaslighting. I don't know. What do you think, dear listener? Uh, The Times quoted Dr. uh, Sorry, Dame Jenny Harries, the chief executive of the UK Health Security Agency. I never miss the opportunity to say how fucking dystopian is the Health Security Agency. The implication being that health is something that needs to be secured and therefore we can tell you what to do in order to secure the health of the nation. These sick backsters, huh? So that's a big deal, that, right? We've, we've got hundreds of scientists. They're working at Porton Down. And they're working day and night to be able, using the mRNA technology, which they illegally injected into the arms of millions of people, killing many tens of thousands, if not more, and using that technology, you know, to say, yes, once we have the strain... We will be able to extract it, to bring it into the lab, to roll it around in the centrifuges and all of that shit. And then we'll come out with a jab ready to be shipped out to every GP surgery in the country and to the vaccination centres that we used during COVID. And we'll be able to protect the population. This is what they're saying. It is terrible. It's dreadful. But I don't know what to say to you. Because I, I feel like all too often... I'm telling you something you already know. But what do you think? Am I completely wrong when I say they won't do a pandemic charade again for a few years? They'll just roll everything into climate now? What do you reckon? Or do you see them coming up with a strain of something in, um, you know, in the next six months, 12 months, two years? Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Okay. I should take another tune here now, but I'm cognizant of the fact that you are talking to me. And I love that you're talking to me. You're keeping me going. Hi to Kelly. This is Kelly Marr. Kelly's one of us. She says, A woke-looking manageress was a bit uppity with me and addressed me as ma'am. I informed her she'd misgendered me and I identify as a man. And she had to apologise, says Kelly. (laughs) Now, I've seen photographs of Kelly over the years. Why? Well, because Kelly sends me nudie pictures. and No, she doesn't. She does not send me nudie pictures. I've seen photographs of Kelly on Facebook. Kelly's a very feminine young woman. So yes, the face on the, the, the countenance of the woman or the manageress, yes, who referred to you as ma'am, and then you said, no, I'm a man. That must have been funny. Maybe that's how we beat this shit. We just join in with it and then ruin it from within. Maybe that's what I should start doing. Maybe you should start doing it as well. It's the Regina Allen Show, brought to you by Regina Allen. I'm a lady. Live at five every Monday to Thursday. Except on Fridays, because I'm doing my nails and having a body wave in the local hair salon. Maybe that's how you beat it. You start carrying on like them. It's the Regina Allen Show. The Rita Allen Show. Trying to think as hard as I can. The Rachel Allen Show. Yeah, why not? I'm a lady, and I expect to be treated as a lady from now on in. Uh, Gary in Salford says, Richie, I went to the doctors today to have my ears examined because of hearing issues, funnily enough. 
walked into the doctor's to be greeted by a young lady wearing a mask. This is crazy, Richie, says Gaz. I have a problem hearing. And she thinks it's, it's a good idea to cover her mouth. Surely she thinks it's bollocks. Yes, Gaz. <laughs> you walk into a doctor's surgery and it's because you've got hearing issues. And the daft bent who meets you and greets you is wearing a mask. I know. I, it's crazy, isn't it? How do you not scream, eh? Just scream. It's good to scream sometimes. Sarah's been on to say, Hancock said in court he'd never even heard of midazolam until he was asked about it in court. This is a massive lie. Of course it is, Sarah. Matt Hancock is a pathological liar. He is a psychotic pathological liar. Disgusting man, isn't he? Marcos says they will come at us from all angles. Now, there are people who didn't fall for COVID... But those people who didn't fall for COVID, funnily enough, some of them believe in climate change. And vice versa, says Marco. Very good. That is true. Drew says, Richie, if people do not wake up to this shite, they never will. Leanne has been on. How, how are you doing, Leanne? It's lovely to hear from you, I think, for the first time. I run a small veterinary business, Richie. And banking the cash is becoming rather labour-intensive. They set a small limit on the amount I can bank per visit. This is subject to change, but it only gets smaller. They also require me to count out and record all the individual notes. So 30 times 20 pound notes, 10 times 5 pound notes and so on. This has to be presented to the teller, who then puts it through only for it to be declined because they have, yet again, reduced the amount you can bank. The new amount is never known by the teller. We just have to take a guess and try again. I'm not popular, says Leanne. Thank you, Leanne. That's an excellently put together message. So you run a veterinary business. Some of your clients, with their pets, they pay cash. You go to bank it and they keep reducing the amount you can bank. And the teller hasn't a clue. And you end up playing a guessing game every time you go in. Yeah, this is undoubtedly connected to the cashless society agenda. Leanne, thank you. You might come on the show and talk to us about that. Mad, eh? Mad. Shut is mad. Will I take one more tune and then do more chat, will I? I might do. Bear with me a minute. I'm not... I probably won't make it till seven at this rate. What do you reckon? Will I go for it? Will I try and talk me mate to seven o'clock, will I? Dear listener, or will I just call it a day at half six? I know what you'll say, you greedy feckers. I know what you'll say. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I just don't care. I've had a day of it. I'm playing the best song that was ever written. Ever. It's my favourite song of 2023, of any generation. It's my friend's wet leg and Shay's long. This, Bob Dylan is jealous when he listens to this. This is absolutely fantastic. This is Shay's long. On the Shay's long, on the Shay's long, on the Shay's long, all day long, on the Shay's long. Yeah, I mean, there are so many influences there. You might say Violent Femmes, you might say maybe, yeah, it's a, it's a stretch. Definitely Talking Heads. Wet Leg, they're brilliant. They come from the Isle of Wight. I love them. Their album is just magnificent. I nearly cried the other day. I was crawling around on the ground where my, my, my albums are stored in a, in a rack I have, a wooden rack for my albums, and I couldn't find it, and I just gave up. I couldn't find it. I'm, I'm terrible for not putting the albums in the correct place. Like, I've got W 
you know, for a wet leg, but I couldn't find it. So I, was, I just started crying, to be honest. I just couldn't find it. Uh, Paul Ripley is becoming more interested in wet leg. When I mentioned them to him previously, he wasn't, he was a bit nonplussed, but now he's like, yeah, that's not bad, Baldy, along those lines. My great friend, Paul Ripley. There'd be no show without him. Caroline says, yes, Regina was out the vagina. That's the way to do it. Start, just start messing it all up. Yeah. Everywhere you go. People say to you, all right, mate, or whatever, bloke, whatever, say, no, no, don't misgender, do not misgender me. How dare you? My pronouns are she and her, or whatever you want your pronouns to be. Very good. Um, and thanks for the messages. They are um, pouring in. They are pouring in. Gray is listening. Hi, Gray, who says, Richie, I can't wait for the Liverpool friendly at seven. I need to chill the champagne and defrost the oysters. Good man, Gray. That's, that's more like it, isn't it? Jack says the COVID inquiry will last until 2027 and possibly beyond that. Dropping a new pandemic before it's done might serve to cover up the findings and give them no cause to learn from any mistakes made with COVID. That's an interesting take, Jack. Interesting indeed. And thanks to Julie for the musical recommendation. Thank you, Julie. You're very good. What else is happening in this crazy world of ours as I go to bbc.co.uk forward slash news for, um, for my sins? Let's have a look. They are reporting, the BBC, that, uh, well, the England women are into the uh, quarterfinals of the World Cup that nobody's watching. Yeah, they won a shootout against Nigeria. Now, last week I took the royal piss out of Ireland for not being able to beat Nigeria in the World Cup. And then they gave the Irish women an open-top bus parade through O'Connell Street. Having lost two games, drawn one, embarrassed the country by arguing with the manager on the pitch. The players argued with the manager on the pitch. They gave him an open-top bus parade. Now I feel a little guilty because if England couldn't beat Nigeria and England are the European champions, as it happens, maybe there's we can understand that Ireland didn't manage to score a goal against the Nigerians. I didn't think Nigeria were very good. It could be because I'm racist. It could be, it could be unconscious bias. I could just have some unconscious loathing of black women. Not black men, black women. Could be. Could be unconscious bias that I laughed at Ireland for not being able to beat Nigeria. I don't think that's particularly true about the unconscious bias. I Nigeria have never done anything in women's football. That's what it was. But um, yeah, and one of the England players was sent off for a David Beckham-esque stamp on a Nigerian player, and she'll miss the next game. That's what you came here for today to hear that analysis of the World Cup last sixteen game this morning. And maybe, of course, there's a reason why people are not so interested in the World Cup. Because it's being played in Australia and New Zealand, meaning the games are played at a time which isn't exactly opportune, is it? For those who might want to watch, because you're getting up for work, you're going away on your holidays, whatever the case may be. I don't know. I do not know. Very good. Kevin asks, why are people depositing cash in a bank? Uh, the whole idea of dealing in cash is to keep it off the books, says Kev. Because businesses need to bank their cash, Kev. What do you want her to do? Leanne. Was it Leanne? Do you want her to take it home in a big bag and then get robbed? You know, I'm sure she uses the night safe sometimes after work because presumably sometimes when she closes the veterinary surgery, the banks themselves might be closed. I remember working in pubs in Waterford many years ago. And because I'm a big, tall, strapping, fine lad, 
at the end of the night, the manager would say, guy called Paul, Paul Reed, Jimmy Fortune, the old stand is long gone now. The bank was right across the street from the pub, the night safe. So they would say, right, we've got the takings. And it would be significant, the takings, because it was a very busy city centre bar. And they would say, right, Richie, flank us, because I was tall. They, they had the idea that I might be intimidating. Ridiculous. But anyway, the tall barman would flank the manager and he would chuck the money in the night safe. Yes, with the receipts and what have you. And then we would all go back to the bar and get pissed right up until three or four o'clock in the morning when we would get taxis home. That's how it worked back then. Yes, very good. Night safes. Cash. Cash. I have been using cash lately. I have been. I took some cash out. Last time I went to the supermarket, they won't give you cash back anymore, supermarkets, either. It's incremental. It's little chips. They're chipping away at cash. So you remember going to your local supermarket. In you'd go. And you'd get your beans and your, your, your eggs, your, your six eggs or your dozen eggs and what have you. And at the end they'd say, well, that will be £11.26, please. Would you like any cash back? And they wouldn't charge you for the cash back. You wouldn't get charged 1% or anything. You would say, yeah, go on then, give me 20. And they would round up your groceries to 21 pounds, sorry, to 31 pounds and 29 pence. And then they'd give you 20 quid. But the supermarkets don't do it anymore. They've blamed COVID for it and handling of cash and, you know, transmitting diseases. Honest to God, I recently asked for cash back at Tesco in Salford. I said, uh, thanks for that. There, uh, there, there's, there's two women who work there. They are amazing women, great customer service women. Shazza, my friend Shazza, she's in her late 60s, Shazza. She's hanging in there. She's not retiring anytime soon, Shazza. And I said, Shazza, give us, uh, give us 40, will you? She said, we can't anymore. We can't. We don't do cash back anymore. They blame it on COVID and sanitary, sanitation and stuff like that. I said, do they really now? So that's right, they don't do that. Fortunately, there are cash machines just around the corner giving you free cash. Hilarious. Free cash here. That's an old one. We won't do that one. Um, I'm looking for something else here now while I'm talking to you. Yeah, I've had some day of it today. Did I tell you that already 17 times that I've had some day of it? I've had some day. Paul's been listening. This, my Paul. My Paul. He's my Paul. He's nobody else's Paul. He says, this is news from Sky. West Ham have made an improved offer worth £30 million for the Manchester United defender Harry Maguire. Yes. The transfer dealings are hotting up. It's transfer madness on Sky Sports News every day. Thanks, Paul, for that. That's it. That's very interesting. The United fans are hoping that, um, that Harry does go and play somewhere else. But we're also hoping that um, he does well because he's a good lad, Harry Maguire. And he's not always been, uh, you know, he's been a good player for us. Paul came back to say, I sometimes go down to the Nat West to collect money for the radio, for Fab Radio, right? Paul is the man who runs Fab Radio. He says, I withdrew 4K as we had to buy stuff. Sorry, Paul runs Fab Radio, but he also is very involved in the running of Fab Cafe on Portland Street. Free ad here. Visit Fab Cafe when you're in Manchester. It's fabulous. No pun intended. Really is great. So Paul collected 4K. He withdrew 4K from the Nat West because they had stuff to buy for the bars and they also had to pay a plumber. They wanted to know what the money was for. 
the cheek of them. And then they asked Paul, would he be obtaining receipts from the people he was using uh, the money? The people he was paying with the money. Nosy bastards, it's none of your business. I do say things like this, you see. I come from a long line of people who will not take shit from customer service people. What are you using the money for? Mind your own business. Don't ever again ask me that question. The money I'm removing from my account is my money. What I do with it has got nothing to do with you. Do you understand? Cheek of him. But yeah, Paul, Paul is not the first person to tell me that. Will you be getting receipts? Again, none of your business. Cheeky bastards, huh? Huh? Liam came back to say, women footballers suffer from a lot of knee problems. This has been discovered recently uh, that it is football boots. They've been made for men. And women have different physiology than men, especially the feet, which have been causing knee injuries. They've now got to make bespoke football boots. That's right, Liam. I was listening to the BBC Radio 5 recently. That's right. And a completely disproportionate amount of women, God love them, are doing cruciate and anterior ligament um, injuries, which is terrible. I did a knee ligament injury when I dislocated my knee when I was 19. I was out for eight months. Terrible. Yes, and women are going down like flies, and Liam is right. The boots they wear, the ones they go and buy, or provided to them by their sponsors, in the case of the professional ladies, are in fact made for men, and this is causing serious trouble. Well done, Liam. Now, Steve works for Lidl. Thank you, Steve. And he says Lidl will still do up to £50 cash back. Thank you, Steve. That is a public service announcement. So if you are stuck for a bit of cash and you're not near a cash machine, but you're near a Lidl, Steve tells us that you can go to them, buy something, and uh, they'll give you the cash back, up to 50 quid. Hi to Fran, who says, Richie, I love your energy, God bless you. Thank you, Fran. I appreciate it. She says you've been funny today. I feel a little funny today, to be honest. Yeah. Had a horrible day. I'm so organised, me. My better half will tell you. I am so organised. I hate anything getting in the way of doing what I do. And today I couldn't do anything. So much so that I thought at half four I would bin it off. I'd say to you, listen, look enough, I, I can't. I've got nada. But then I thought, because my holiday is fast approaching, you might have the hump if I uh, didn't make an appearance today, you see. So anyway, I'm here today and I'm here tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday as well. I'm looking for some Madonna just to wind up some of you to take another tune and then I'll come back and talk about something else for a few minutes and then I'll piss off. How about them apples? I think that's about right, to be honest. Now, this is the second best song ever, ever committed to CD. The first one was Shays Long by Wet Legs, the best song of all time. Rolling Stone magazine are revising the greatest 500 songs of all time. Wet Leg will go in at number one, Shays Long. On the Shays Long, on the Shays Long, all day long, on the Shays Long. Amazing lyrics. This is Madonna Ray of Light from 1998. It's brilliant. It is brilliant, this. I'm Richie Allen. This is the Richie Allen Show for Monday. And I'll stick around till 7 o'clock because it's 25 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. Back in four minutes. From the astonishingly good album Ray of Light, which William Orbit had a lot to do with. I hope I said that right. Yeah. Madonna Ray of Light, the Richie Allen Show, Monday's programme. 
Here's a here, here's a headline you you don't read every day. The Telegraph this afternoon. Extinction Rebellion activist stabbed boyfriend to death as he pleaded, I love you. What the hell is that? Extinction Rebellion activist. So according to the Telegraph, an Extinction Rebellion activist stabbed her boyfriend to death as he pleaded, I love you, a court heard. Blaze Lily Wallace, mother of divine Jesus. Posh bird, anybody? Posh bird. Blaze Lily Wallace. What is it with wealthy people and the stupid names they give their children? Blaze Lily Wallace, a 28-year-old law student, of course, was jailed for life today after following her fiancé, Samuel Mayo, nothing to Simon Mayo, down the street after a domestic dispute last summer at their home in south-west London and fatally wounding him. Witnesses heard him repeatedly shout, Please, Blaze, I love you. Please, Blaze before he bled to death at the side of the road, begging motorists and passers-by to call an ambulance. Fucking irony, right? Um, yes. I don't have to explain that, do I? The irony there. Extinction Rebellion stabbing a guy to death. He's begging people to call an ambulance. Very good. A jury of eight women and four men convicted her of murder and possessing an offensive weapon after ten and a half hours of deliberation. Why did it take ten and a half hours to deliberate? That's a question, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, caught red-handed, Gov, you know. But anyway, Extinction Rebellion. Greenpeace have been banned from talks about climate change and the environment. They're not allowed to talk to the government anymore. Why? Well, because they draped the home of Rishi Sunak in a big black curtain, didn't they, last week? So the government and all government departments have suspended engaging with Greenpeace. We're not talking to you anymore about the environment, about climate change. We just won't have it. You can't be doing that to the Prime Minister's house, even if he is in Disneyland. Even if he did fly to Disneyland on a private jet or a great big British Airways plane. So no more talks for Greenpeace at Downing Street or anywhere else. That's the Telegraph. I'm really stretching it out now, aren't I, till 7 o'clock. I'll read any story now. Anything I'll read. David Moyes' West Ham future is in doubt, dear listener. The West Ham manager, despite making a breakthrough in the transfer market, he might be on his bike this summer. England have announced a 33-strong squad for the World Rugby Cup, eh, eh, in France. Could talk about that for a few minutes, I suppose. And Amanda Abington denies being transphobic after strictly signing backlash. That's the headline in the Telegraph today. Amanda Abington, who I never heard of in my life. She never heard of me either. Denies being transphobic after strictly backlash. What, what's the story about? So Amanda has denied being transphobic and has apologised for her stupid and ill-informed past comments after a backlash over her signing for Strictly Come Dancing. I see, I see what's happening. She has been signed to appear in the next series of Strictly Come Dancing. She'll be dancing with a professional male dancer. They will shag like rabbits and will announce that they are together. It's what happens. Strictly Come Dancing. That fucking show has broken up more marriages than J.R. Ewing and, and, and Mike Baldwin multiplied by Ken Barlow. That show, Strictly Come Dancing, has broken up more. Every time you open up one of the tabloids, you find that some, some actress or some actor... Who, who joined the show, ended up having it off with one of the dancers. You can kind of see how it could happen, like, if you're a complete dickhead, that is. You know, but they do, don't they? 
Anyway, so Amanda Abington is an actress, right? She's going to be on um, Strictly Come Dancing. You know, she's being criticised for past remarks. What did she say? Well, she tweeted, dear listener. And that's why I'm telling you, morning, noon and night, dear listener, to keep an eye on what you've said in the past, particularly if you're working for a company, because they'll come for you. Come here. You've got to go to HR. Why? Just go to HR. And in HR is um, Hannah. It's always Hannah. A homely woman. Big lady. Cankles. Right? Hannah, right? Hannah is running HR. Cankles. And she'll sit you down and she'll disapprovingly tut and she'll, she'll taunt at you and she'll show you a tweet that you made in the summer of 2013. When you liked when somebody else tweeted that women can't have a meat and two veg. Now, now Mark, this is hate speech. You do know this. And you know the company frowns very deeply on hate speech. But I liked the tweet in the summer of 2013. It's like nine years ago, 10, 11 years ago. Yes, but you, some of your co-workers are deeply uncomfortable. Mark, so you're fired, you little bastard. You transphobic little bollocks. So some fans of the BBC show have claimed on social media they would boycott this series of Strictly Come Dancing if Abington is allowed to participate. Wadeford, the actress previously tweeted her disapproval of a drag show aimed at parents with babies, calling it abhorrent, and of a 12-year-old dressing up as a drag performer. Amanda Abington sounds like somebody with a lot of fucking common sense. So she tweeted her disapproval of a drag show for parents with babies. She said, that's abhorrent, isn't it? She's right. She's right. And then she disapproved of a 12-year-old dressing up as a drag performer. She said, you cannot have a penis and want to be referred to as a woman. And I despise Amanda Abington more than I despise the BBC people that will probably kick her out of the show. Why do I despise Amanda? Because she's a fucking coward. Because she's put up video on Instagram saying I'm not transphobic. I'm not a transphobic person. I'm a firm supporter of the legitimate trans community. I always have been. Stick to your guns. Ain't nobody gonna hurt you, baby. That's a song from Bon Jovi's excellent album from 1988 called New Jersey. Stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. Make a video on Instagram and say, listen, I don't give a fiddler's fuck that people are melting down because I said it's, because I said it's abhorrent for babies to be exposed to fucking men in drag. That's what I feel. Now I've got some dancing lessons to go to. Piss off! Is what she should say. And of course the BBC would inevitably axe her from the series. Show some guts. You say you're a woman. Have some ovaries. Have some balls. Metaphorically. Why did they bow down to them? Why did they come out with the inevitable apology? Stop. Stop apologising for being who you are. For saying something you believe to be true. You know, Kalina says, based on a recent comment, there may be a gap in the market and it won't cost much, just a relabeling cost. Indeed, 
What football boots are trans players going to buy then? Trans man boots? Trans woman boots? Adidas Nike. Uh, the point, uh, speaking my, two points speaking my idea, it is patented. It could be patented, says Kalina. That's very clever. I like that. Rob came back to say, I think they will ultimately fail with the climate scam. When you look at why people took the injections, they took them to go on holidays, they took them to get into the pub. When they are being told, no more holidays or pub, no meat, no cars, I think even the most asleep will reach a breaking point, says Rob. Leonard has been on to say, love is like an arrow through the heart, they say. Yes, Leonard, he's referring to that awful story where that Extinction Rebellion woman stabbed her fella to death and him himself, a member of Extinction Rebellion, on the floor bleeding out, saying somebody call the ambulance. You didn't give a shit about ambulances when you were blocking the streets, did you, dickhead? Is what I wouldn't have said. I would have tried to get him an ambulance because I'm not that bad now, you know. So there you go. Darren B, who says uh, some nice things. Thank you, Darren. Yes, I'm, I'm never short of something to say. I'll give you that. Paul from Liverpool says, Richie, if people think the security services left Sunak's house unguarded for just stop while to mosey on in, they really are dumb. No way could it be left unattended. So were they let in on purpose, asks Paul. Paul, that is again a very good question. Yes. Yes, it is a bit strange, isn't it? That the domestic home of the Prime Minister of the day would, um, uh, his home wouldn't be, wouldn't have a static guard at least at all times. Because it is pretty common knowledge where he lives to people that are interested in these things. I don't give a rat's arse where he lives. If you'd asked me where was his house, I couldn't have told you. But people who follow politics, they knew where he lived. Very good point. My friend in Liverpool, very good point, Paul, who's uh, going to be watching the football in a few minutes' time. The pool. The pool are playing at 7 o'clock their final warm-up game of this pre-season. Thank you for your messages. I really appreciate them. I really do. And thank you to the sarcastic window cleaner. Thank you to Dave the nurse, to Caroline. And Wayne says everything possible is being done to make life inconvenient and unpleasant for people who wish to use cash. Covid was used to accelerate the cashless agenda and during the lockdowns high street banks made it particularly unpleasant for customers who needed to use the high street banks. The veterinary lady was right to point out how businesses are being hit as well. I can't pay cash into my account now without travelling several miles as most of the branches are digital services only. True, but I was informed by my bank recently that if somebody was to send me a cheque or a money order, if they exist, and nobody ever has, is that I can open my banking app and scan it without ever needing to go to the branch, which again kind of backs up Wayne's theory. They don't want, they want, ultimately they want to close uh, the banks, don't they? Indeed they do. Yeah. Diane says, thanks Diane, this is important. I almost never put cash into the bank unless we need to order Chinese gear like inverters. Cash always comes out of the bank. All bills are paid in cash at the post office or at the agri co-op. Good for you, Diane, as long as you can keep doing it. Trevor the Mule has been on to say, when, when I'm asked what my pronouns are, I say that. 
when I go to a party with my girlfriend, she says, I'm here with that. <laughs> Can you believe I turned up with that? Busy says, children as young as seven will be given transgender treatment on the NHS. Meanwhile, we're offered pay later schemes to go private because of the backlog. How interesting, says Busy. That is interesting. Indeed it is. It's Monday's Richie Allen show with me, Richie Allen. We're fast approaching five minutes. Well, we're fast approaching seven minutes to seven o'clock and I'm the BBG. Hasn't it been fun, children? <laughs> Sitting here, talking complete and utter bollocks to you for two hours. Fantastic. Darren says, any news? No, no, I'm not doing any um, speaking engagement in September. And I did explain it on the programme why. It's to do with, I've had a difficult year health-wise. And it's to do with, it would exhaust me beyond measure to produce the audiovisual show for Fab Cafe in Manchester. I'm not going to do it now, but I will do it. As sure as you are there and I am here, it will be done, if not late this year, definitely very early in the new year. Because I'm really turned on by the idea. But I... Doing it in September, it would have been a fairly difficult undertaking for me where I am at the moment. I've got a lot going on privately, which is nobody's business but mine and my missus. Health-wise, I mean. I'm not dying or anything, but um, I've got some stuff going on. And um, we, we determined, me and the missus, and I spoke with Paul about it, and Paul said, you're right, don't do it where you'll be stressed doing it and then you don't do it as well as you want to do it and it becomes a nightmare. I don't want to do that. I want to do it and then afterwards, regardless of what people think of it, I want to feel like it was worthwhile and that's where I am. So uh, not for new, not for new, but for soon, if you understand. For soon, indeed. David says, Richie, I've just gotten a check from the Inland Revenue. And I have to travel 30 bloody miles to put it in the bank. Again, David, if you have an app, if your bank provides you with a, a mobile app, it, you should be able to scan the cheque and then tear it up because it will have gone into your account. But don't um, take my word for it. I would ask, I would suggest you communicate with your bank and they will tell you. Uh, hi to Ace. I don't think I've heard from you before. Ace, he asks me about somebody called Jack Parsons a scientist who designed the fuel for rockets to get into space. It is alleged that Jack, this groundbreaking scientist, it is alleged he had some contact with a kind of a demon in the Mojave Desert, after which he designed the fuel. This has been claimed by mainstream sources, says Ace. That's very interesting. See, this is the type of thing I like. Send me a link where I can read more about it, and I'll be very happy. Thank you. Millie! Thank you for your message. My son got on the phone to sort out his girlfriend's bank account. They asked him his name, and he said Danielle, and gave her details to pass data protection. The bloke on the ends of the phone said, You don't sound like a girl. My son said, Are you saying I sound like a man? The bloke on the phone took the call, and the bank account issue was then sorted out. <laughs> Yeah, if you're not getting anywhere with some customer service people, get them thinking they've offended you somehow or some way. 
Very good. That is it from your BBG this Monday. It's been fun. Thanks for sticking around, if indeed you did stick around. Back with you tomorrow with a packed show with guests and plenty of content at 5 o'clock tomorrow, Tuesday. That will be the 8th of August, 2023. Closing out with this one from the bollocks themselves. From the bollocks. From the north side of Dublin. This is Walk On from U2 from 2000. From your BBG, it is Sloan Tommel. Bye, speak tomorrow.